Dave's Five Hot Takes. Yeah! So, uh, here with Dave's Faves, we've got uh, Drew Holcomb, one of my very favorite songwriters, and I'm, I'm blessed to call him a friend. And so, we're just going to, Drew, I'm going to ask you about five songs. You just tell me about them. You can talk about whatever you want, how you wrote them, everything, lyrics, things you like, you, where you record it, recorded it, wrote it, whatever you were talking about. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, Nothing But Trouble. Oh, man, Nothing But Trouble. That's one that took me like six years to write. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. I kept, well, I kept having these different versions of it, and... Um, people, you know, the band kind of never got behind it. And then all of a sudden I, I, I it was the rhythm. Like the, I, I didn't have a good rhythm track for it, a good rhythm idea for it. It was like, it had been kind of, it kind of felt kind of hokey and folky. And then when we like dropped it in a groove and then it became this, I got nothing. <laughs> and everybody was like, Oh yeah, that needs to go on the record. And I'm like, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> So I'm glad that one, I'm glad that one finally saw the light of day, but that's probably my, my, like, that's probably the song that took me the longest from start to like, to finish. That is so, you know, I have such a vivid memory of that song. We were doing a bluebird, a bluebird round and you played that song. And I just remember so many things. I felt so many things. One was extreme jealousy. Like I remember <laughs> like having to squash this, like, rage of like i want i want to have written this song he hasn't even gotten the second verse yet and it doesn't matter because that chorus is i sang it the second time you came i was like (laughs) second chorus i'm singing along um i remember that i i I just was like that it's so fun when you're watching a friend of yours sing a new song that you're like hey that's a you just high five you did it. Yeah, right? that is, that I remember that really feeling. Fun. But it also was such, and I told you, it's such a big inspiration for my song, Nothing Like You, because I was like, I want to write a chorus that feels, that does the best I can to feel like that song feels, which is like the first time you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, no, you, I know what you're going to sing next time. I'll sing harmony. You know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 that yeah. song, that chorus is just freaking bulletproof. And it has such a sweet spot in my memory because I remember hearing, like I said, hearing you and me being, so jealous and at the same time so inspired you know i love that song it's such a great song Thanks, and the recording man. of it too and that's that's the other thing i wanted to say is is it's not just such a great song but you know you guys stuck the landing on that recording like you said it's got to have the groove and it's got to you know feel right yeah we did that one at uh at arden studios dan needham came in and played drums oh on that my record. gosh he's a monster oh and my gosh track tracked that one pretty much live ellie was uh very pregnant she did a scratch vocal and then she got put on bed rest and we had to keep it. And yeah, that's it's, the vocal. Yeah, it's the vocal. Oh, that's so funny. All right. What about Live Forever? You you, you referenced it earlier. Yeah, yeah. Live Forever is a song. I, I I literally the opposite of nothing patrol. I wrote it in probably less than 15 minutes. I got a phone call from my sister. Uh she has at the time she had three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh and then they lived in Nashville and she told me they were gonna move to Panama. My brother in law was taking a job and they were gonna do some like a mission job down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got really sad because I loved having my nieces and nephews around. We didn't mm. have any kids yet at the time. And so I just let myself kind of go there melancholy into sort of that, like, you know, Dylan forever young kind of like mm. wish, wish them well song, you know, mm. and, uh, sort of inspired by, by that song and then inspired by Curtis Mayfield's people get ready. And, mm. um, yeah, man, it's just a simple three chords in the truth, bear your heart song, cool part about that song is that our career was kind of in the, not really going very well up to that point. And we had Ellie and I had actually had some pretty significant conversations about quitting hmm, at the wow. end of that year. Wow. And a producer at one time told me, Paul Eversoll is his name. 
that if you write the right songs, they'll do the work for you. Hmm. And I thought he didn't know what he was talking about because I, at that point I thought I had written the right songs and they weren't doing the work, you know? And then we released live forever a few months after I wrote it and our crowd sizes were basically doubling everywhere hmm. and people were singing the song. And it was like, Oh, hmm. and that was in, about. and that was in that commercial, the NBA commercial, right? It was, yeah. It's been used in ma- and it won. It won. Yeah, I won, a, that, I won a sports Emmy for that. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible for my athletic prowess. I was going to say that's why they used it. Because <laughs> I can dunk basketballs on seven foot goals. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. From the right angle, it looks like ten foot. Yeah, yeah. So that that song's been was a was a major sort of moment for us. When you when you I remember um, being on tour and you were playing that and me once once we talked and it was it wrecked me and then it double triple wrecked me when we started talking about it being for your nephew and and i just remember thinking like okay that's like cheating because it was so beautiful <laughs> and then it's like oh now i gotta think about kids when you say <laughs> like God, give me a break so um what about what would i do without you oh man that's my favorite um song i've ever written uh, is it really yeah yeah for sure that song was written sort of in a dark night of the soul for me. Um, but sort of finding gratitude that I was that for Ellie in the midst of that mm. dark night of the soul. Uh, mm. Grateful that I wasn't alone in my sort of, you know, bad moment, if you mm. will. Um, hard moment. Uh, so that song doesn't have a chorus. Definitely inspired by Dylan in a lot of ways, sort of this, a B stanzas that yeah. are sort of yeah. alter, alternating uh, with with sort of this the the A stanza having the tag of what would I do without you, and there was a lot of like the I was honestly when I was writing that song I was just kind of messing around with like a lot of different chords in that key that are sort of not my typical go to. Um, just had a lot of fun writing the song, but also sort of spilling my guts out. Hmm. Uh, the song almost didn't make the record. Um, really. So yeah, it's like it's like track number eleven, which you know typically for most people, like further you get away from the beginning of the record, it's <laughs> it's tricky. There was more argument about whether or not the song was any good. <laughs> ah. Um, but th- but then the record came out, and it, it that song just connected with people for whatever reason, and it's been our most popular song on streaming and downloads and all that over the years. And I, it I think is- I've probably played it every single show since. Yeah, it, it is it, that that song to me is the perfect culmination of not just a gorgeous, perfect song. Your vocal on it is so great and real. You know, I got a story about that. So, Dad Cockerell, our mutual friend. Oh yeah, uh, he and I were hanging out quite a bit at that time when I was writing those songs for that record. And so, I said, "Hey, can we get together? I want to play some of these songs." And he said, "Yeah, that'd be great." So, Ellie and I go over to his place and. I start playing the song and I'm singing it like this, kind of like, sometimes I wake up with the sadness of the days. It feels like madness. And he says, stop, 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 stop. And he like interrupted me. And I'm kind of like, what is he doing? <laughs> and he gets like two inches from my face. And he's like, sing it to me. Like I'm right here. I was like, okay. And he stays there. And I'm like, he's like, no, no, right now. So I was like, sometimes I wake up with sadness. Other days it feels like madness. Oh, what would I do without you? And he's like, yeah, sing it like that. And I look over and Ellie's bawling. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know you had that in your voice. You know, it was one of those moments where I I realized of like, 
that the dynamic range of my voice, I had been limiting it to volume, like yeah. just a lot of output. Yeah. And I had not learned to sing at like limited output mm. and it really changed my life as an artist. Um, and so that was like the first sort of recorded example of that sort of epiphany. Yeah. You know, the two things, one, Thad Cockle really is, I think, uh, uh, got that Rick Rubin gift. He's mm-hmm. just, he's got some sixth sense about, you know, you play him songs. He just has this weird ability to kind of get to what needs to happen or what he, I love that about Thad. And if you don't yeah. know his music, be it leagues or be it Thad Cockle, you just, you need to stop this podcast and listen. Right yeah. Now. So um, the other thing that is it just really, that's one of your superpowers to me is how much your vocal can communicate. You know, I think oh, you talk thanks. about ache and I think you do that really well. And that song does that. But I just think globally the recording like I said, it's such a wonderful combination of the song is freaking gorgeous. And every time I hear it, I get jealous, but this, but the recording is sounds like it could have come out of Dylan era folk music. You know, Mm -hmm. it could have been one of the songs that sort of some band recorded and, and, you know, would have fit right in line with everything that was happening in that time. It feels that authentic, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel like an iteration 30 years later. It feels like something that was really brewed out of that same stuff. Yeah, well, that whole record, I made it a very, like, we basically did the old school model where, like, you record it until you, until everybody nails the same take. Wow. We, we didn't really overdub any of the sort of key components of any of that record. Yeah, that's great. Well, you can hear it. It feels amazing. All right, what about Family? Oh, man, that song is so much fun. I love that song. And if people don't love it, I don't really care. <laughs> I, I I come from a huge family, one of 28 grandkids on my mother's side, seven on my dad's side. Uh, family, I wanted that song to feel like what family feels like, sort of cacophonous, loud, chaotic, um, <laughs> confusing, but also beautiful and fun and and hopeful. Um, at least that's been my experience with family. Yeah, 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 everybody's yeah. experience with family. But, um, and I wanted these sort of petty-ish petty-esque snapshots, mm. you know, like mm. family singing in the kitchen, family run to the yard, family going on vacation, family on the credit card. Like, you <laughs> know, so good. like, like the first so three good. are like, yeah, we're on vacation. The credit card. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause we totally went on vacation on debt, you know? So <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You that's, did. What, that's what family's like. So, you know, family can drive you crazy. That song is another one. No chorus, you know, it's basically yep. got, this uh, A stanza and then a sort of hooky turnaround with the haze. And then um, the it's got a bridge, you know, mm-hmm. but other than that, it's basically just like a stanza sort of singing, you know, call and response sort of gospel model. You know? Well, isn't it? Do you, I feel like those songs are so hard to pull off without being really hard to pull off. Well, you have to, yeah, I think you sort of have to find the right word or the right sort of phrase. Yeah. And, that, and both family and what would I do without you? I feel like we're, we're, we're like that. You know, I was able to sort of find like this one sort of like thing to catch on. Obviously, tonally very different songs, but still sort of in the same family tree, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. For lack of a better metaphor. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, all right, and then finally, You'll Always Be My Girl. Mm, yeah. That one was written right after my yeah, my oldest is a girl, um, Amy Lou. And I think that song was written, she was probably three. And I don't know, no matter how much 
it feels like my career is going well or that whatever. I mean, even this pandemic has sort of proven this fact that like life can kind of pull the rug out from under you, mm. you know, and life is going to pull the rug out from under her, yeah. you know, at some yeah. point as it does yeah. to all of us. And it was just a promise sort of song to her of like, you know, no matter what happens, no matter when the, there's like, I love the line in there where I talk about, you know, when the harvest is plenty and it feels like it should, the fruit is ripe on the vine and the rain comes and the uh, rain falls and the flood comes and it feels like the end of the line, just like sort of in the good and the bad. It was, it was written for Amy Lou, but also for Ellie. I mean, just this um, in the chorus is sort of a classic, you know, uh, ex- just sort of extending one lyric, making it longer and longer. Yeah. So it's, you'll always be, you'll always be, you'll always yeah. be. It's like you have to reiterate the promise. Yeah. My girl, you know, yeah, and the yeah. Duggars. I think Duggar um, really makes that song. Just the, his playing on that song is so mm. emotional. That's what I love about his playing. And so that bridge, he just sort of takes you on this sort of yeah little journey, you know. Um, but and I did, love that one. Is yeah. that the song that that you just picked up the guitar and started playing it for? And didn't you tell me what? The, the, oh, that's the, right. Yeah, yes. yeah. Gosh, I'm glad you remind me of that. Yeah, I totally did. The, the chorus, I just yeah. started kind of, kind of was singing it. I was just playing the guitar, and I, yeah, I just said, "You'll always be, you'll always be, you'll always be my girl." And I was like, "Hmm, <laughs> that is very good." <laughs> I remember hearing that the first time we asked you about it, and I think you told me that, like, she was like, "Play something, Daddy, whatever," and you started playing. And you're like, "Honey, I gotta go for a minute. <laughs> Put on Paw Patrol here." <laughs> I gotta go write this song. Is, so I'm so glad you reminded me of that. That is that gonna is, go work. That is exactly how that went down. Yeah, and then, yeah. Put her. To, I ended up putting her. To, Ellie was out of town. I ended up putting her to bed and and writing the song. Oh, and Ellie went out of town. She was out with some friends, and she came home that night. I was like, "Hey, I want to play the song I wrote for uh, for you." Oh, really, kind of gosh. for Amy Lou. And she's just like, Buh. "I made a bottle of tears." And it's like that's gone the record. Yeah, that that's all you do. That's a litmus favorite test. Yeah, you know, I, I I said this in the earlier interview, but I do think you know, I think you have such a gift of every record. I get so excited to listen to because I think, um, you you just you keep adding more and more things because it's I don't think it's that you're getting better because I think you're you're already a great songwriter. I think you just have this really unique ability of continuing to add elements to what you do that make it you know, just as compelling as the last. And I think that's, you know, for those of us who've done this for a while, it's hard to do that, you know, and I think we, you know, we talked about this in the interview, but I think, um, you know, the fact that you listen to so much music, I think is so great. I think you, you know, the way that y'all live your life is so wide open and, and, you know, you're always on the move and y'all are having adventures, but I think it really informs your records, which just never seem to fall flat. I think you've, whatever it is that you've sort of figured out how to make them feel inspired and, authentic and to your point you know with that ache you know you've, you've really maintained doing that and i think that's i'm always so every time you put out music i'm always like so interested to hear you know oh, thanks man what it is that so, means a lot yeah so thanks for doing this too yeah of course glad to be on these five hot takes yeah